Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts here on the UGA Sports YouTube channel. I am Blaine Gilmer here once again with Jed May and Trent Smallwood. We got everybody back, and you know, despite the the downtroddenness of uh, Braves fans out there, with Freddie Freeman uh, no longer going to be with the Braves, there's there's still other stuff that we got to talk about here in terms of Georgia recruiting. I know that's uh, I know Trent that had to hit hit home today with with Freddie not coming back. I know, I, I know we're going to talk recruiting, but got to get that out of the way first. Yeah, I mean, it, it's bad because, you know, I, I mean, Freddie Freeman's kind of like – I mean, first of all, he's, he's all my son's ever known as a 10-year-old. And uh, uh, growing up, watching him, it's kind of, he's kind of like, I guess, you know, like the chippers and all that stuff were in our childhood. But, um, yeah, I mean yeah, – He's, but, but, he's but, the but, chipper of this generation for sure. But, but I do think it uh, – it was a smart move by the Braves to not lock themselves down like that. But also it was a, um, I mean, it's a business decision and that's, that's where it comes. So best of luck to Freddie. And uh, you know, well, the, the Braves are going to, I think do, do big things this coming year with Matt Olson. So. Absolutely. This is how we all Arms crossed, just kind of, kind of frowning a little bit. So Bob, Bobby wasn't thrilled. No doubt. No doubt. But there is a lot uh, for Georgia faithful to be thrilled about when it comes to this weekend. We've put our uh, visitor list that we're building upon for this weekend and also some other ones that aren't even listed on there that are coming in the coming days. Uh, you know, today, Danny O'Neill, a quarterback from Indianapolis in the 2024 class, was there. UGA Sports learned today that uh, Julian Juju Lewis, who's going to be a freshman and probably the starting quarterback at Carrollton High School, this fall, he's going to be in Athens uh, tomorrow. Also, Rico Walker, a 2023 outside linebacker edge prospect that Georgia hasn't really been in on a lot until Coach Uzo Deribe got back in or got into the mix for Georgia and really intensified that recruitment. So, guys, a lot of uh, heavy visitors, and of course, uh, Jed, the the big the big guns of Arch Manning, Tony Mitchell, Tamarian Parker, Cedric Baxter, some of the big 2023s, and also the reclassified LT Overton, all going to be in town this weekend. Yeah, it's crazy because there was so much of that LT Overton like furor or whatever and fervor, and and we uh, kind of forgot about him for a while just because once he's taken officials, you can't do that till March first. And then I realized uh, this morning that he'd be on campus. I believe he's not coming until Sunday because um, of a, a, a schedule uh, conflict. But, yeah, a lot of big hitters. This is the recruiting weekend. I think we might have talked about this last week, Blaine. Just this is the weekend that has been kind of circled on the on the calendar. And really throughout this week, there's guys coming in tomorrow, guys coming Thursday, um, mainly, you know, to watch Georgia practice and everything like that. Even today, like you mentioned, Dylan O'Neill, uh, Anthony Carey, one of the top running backs for 2024. So things are really starting to pick up for Georgia after a slow uh, couple weeks of visits you know, to kick off this month. Trent, anything in particular stick out about the guys that we know are coming in either tomorrow or later this weekend? I mean, I guess there's a lot of talk recently about Arch Manning. Um, uh, you know, the, the speculations everywhere, but, you know, kind of trending somewhere else. And to see him come back on campus is big for Georgia. Um, you know, anytime you get these Alabama guys on campus, uh, you know, that's big. They seem to be getting uh, the whole, you know, group of those these Alabama prospects on at, at different times, but they're getting them on uh, getting them on campus on a regular basis. Um you know, I, you you were talking about uh what we we're talking about uh, the new outside linebacker coach. Is it uh, I I just do it for short, Uzo or whatever. Uzo. <laughs> but, uh, um you know I, I think he's going to be a good hire just for the fact that he's a, he's engaged. Like I see him on Twitter, like on a ton of prospects, just engaged. Even if George is not like one of the main guys, he's engaged in a lot of different mm -hmm. prospects. And, and uh, I just feel like he's going to be a, a big boost on the recruiting trail as well. So. He seems to, he seems to have that natural connection with some guys too. I was talking to, to Marion Parker about it and uh, they're, they're talking about, about shoes, their shoe collection, a best, a, a, uh, Apparently they're both big sneakerheads, and you know wanting to uh, compare shoe collections and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so you know he's able to to relate to these guys, a, a, a relatively younger guy that is, uh, and that's important in these days. You know, I mean, with the times of social media and you know 
being able to talk to guys about NIL opportunities uh, and things that are out there, not that the universities can set them up, but talking to them about opportunities that their players currently on their team have taken advantage of and things like that. It's important to have that, you know, kind of, I guess to still be with it and stuff like that. And he's a younger guy that played not too long ago himself. So that's, that's a big, uh, you know, plus and probably undoubtedly a reason why Kirby smart brought him onto staff. So, and Jed, uh, another guy that catches my eye there is that Cedric Baxter, the, the running back. Um, I know you talked about, um, uh, carry that's coming in the 2024 class, but Cedric Baxter, you know, with Georgia looking to take two backs in this class, uh, for a long time, it was presumed to be Justice Haynes and uh, uh, Trayon Webb. And Trayon Webb looks to maybe be trending elsewhere. And Georgia, you know, looking maybe circling the wagons back towards Richard Young, uh, trying to make another big push there. And then now you have uh, Mr. Baxter coming in from, uh, from not from Milwaukee, not Baxter from Milwaukee. It's, uh, <laughs> actor from Florida. <laughs> yeah, we talked about him whether it was last week or week before we talked about like you know the the plan B or C options of running back outside of those top guys and we mentioned Baxter but at the time he didn't have Georgia in his top 10 or whatever. So seeing him on campus is not necessarily a surprise but something that I mean when you get these running backs on campus and they talk to Del McGee and they are sold on the how Georgia's produced that position, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's hard for any running back to leave Athens not seriously considering Georgia, you know. So to see him on campus is obviously one of the more intriguing names to see if Georgia really works its way up in that recruitment going forward. Yeah, and when you talk about running backs as well, a guy that we highlighted, you know, we got that question asking, okay, uh, who could be a, a kind of under-the-radar type guy Jamar and Wilcox uh, from South Paulding is a guy, and, and since that last show, our show last week, I, I talked to him a little bit, and he said he's texting with Del McGee every day. Uh, every day he wakes up to a text message from uh, uh, Del McGee talking about his family, about fate, about things like that. So uh, Jamar and Wilcox is is definitely a guy that you need to be on a look uh, look out for this fall. Trent, I think he's a guy that when you talk about guys that can skyrocket through the rankings. He's built that 5'10", 5'11", 195 to 205, depending on where he's going to end up playing at, deadlifts, you know, a, a car. I mean, he's just a strong guy. And they, they Del McGee's mentioned to him that he they, his his running style reminds him of how Nick Chubb used to run. Yeah, and, you know, it, it seems like, you know, Georgia took two of them in, in the last class of the kind of the, the stout power backs and – uh it seems kind of like that more spread spread it out than kind of go uh, with the power at the at the running back position, which is um, you have the playmakers on the outside. Which not to say these guys ain't playmakers, but they're just going to be able to. You're not going to have to line up in the uh, the normal um, two or three tight ends, which I'm I'm sure Kirby will still do that at times. But the two or three tight ends because you got more versatile tight ends as well um, to flex out. So. Uh, it seems like they're going more of that power back, and he kind of fits that mold of what they're recruiting these days. And, um, you know, I, I, I think he would be a uh, – with Webb trending elsewhere, uh, he, he's not a bad uh, – I, I guess if you put him in the B or C tier, he's not He's not definitely not uh, a bad one to uh, be a backup to. No, I mean, you know, I think it, it's something that – that you're just going to have to, you know, look as it goes. But I think Georgia, 100% number one target out there is Justice Haynes in terms of the the running back position. They get him, you know, locked down maybe. I mean, that that's going to go down for, for a while. Clemson making a push to get in it. Ohio State is still heavily in it. So, got to see how those official visits uh, turn out. I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up visiting Georgia before too long out here. But, for sure, uh, the running back position is one to keep an eye on, along with that edge position uh, on defense. Like we said, Rico Rico Walker, Jed, you and I saw him uh, at the the rivals uh, five star challenge not too long ago in the kind of the meeting room stuff uh, last year, and he was at that point talking about it was a deal where Dan Lanning and Todd Hartley were still kind of fighting over him uh, to see where he would end up playing and stuff like that. It seems like Georgia has now settled things at uh, the tight end spot, even though Lawson Lucky did take a visit. He said he's still 100% locked into Georgia, but he did take a visit to Alabama uh, this past week and got the the you know, red carpet rolled out for him over there on a visit. But Rico Walker was a guy that Todd Hartley was even thinking about, you know, 
could he do tight end because he plays both ways. He said Georgia still talks about that from time to time, but Uzo Deribo Deribe is kind of uh, taking over that that recruitment and, and is getting him in there tomorrow. Uh, but him and Tamar and Parker, that could be if they were able to get two guys like that following up Marvin Jones Jr. and Mike uh, Michael Williams in this class. That Georgia edge position could be uh, set for a good while. Absolutely, I mean, and we, one of the biggest athletic freaks we've talked about in this twenty three class is Nicholas Harbor, and he's the guy that's got the world class track speed. But I believe he also plays tight end in in high school and Rico Walker, not quite on that same level of athleticism, but a guy that obviously has enough to play both ways at a very high level. So that's what they want in that outside linebacker position is the ability to, you know, get after the passer number one, play in space, tackle in space. Um, and what better way to, you know, a guy that can play both sides of the ball very effectively is, um, you know, very, uh, very adept at doing that. You got Darius Smith too, who played some yeah, receiver exactly. in, uh, in high exactly. school. So, I mean, you, you just just throw a guy out there that can do, you know, windmill dunks from the free throw line, and then and he's got arms long enough for you know touch his knees without bending over and say, "Hey, just go out there and run a fade route, and we'll we'll throw it up to you." So that's what uh, Appling County did with uh, Dare Smith a little bit. So that's definitely a guy that is going to be uh, interesting to see as he gets his Georgia career started. Two 2024 guys that are uh, interested in this weekend, both Buford guys are, I think, yeah, King Ed, King Joseph Edwards has transferred over to, to to Buford now, I believe, right? I think I think he's tra- transferred over. Um, but you got K.J. Bolden, uh, definitely a Buford uh, standout that is um, in your 2024 guy that he took a visit to Clemson recently. And Georgia, you know, he was in, vis- he was in meetings with – Justice Haynes, Pierce Sperlin, and KJ, it was KJ Bolden, Pierce Sperlin, and Justice Haynes in meetings with uh, Todd Munkin not long ago on a visit uh, last year. So that tells you what kind of priority did that that KJ Bolden is at receiver coming out of Buford. Absolutely, that kid is a is a freak. I mean, Blaine, me and you have both watched Buford and, and Trent too. We've watched Buford multiple times last year, and that team had Isaiah Bond and. Uh, Jake Pope and, and all those guys. KJ Bolden was the guy that looked like the best dude on the field when when yeah. at least when I was there. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but no that kid's, he's a he's a freak with the ball in his hands. I talked with him at the Under Armour camp a couple weeks ago. He really liked to hire Brian McClendon. Um, he, you know, Georgia has made. I mean, he talked about when Cortez Hankton left, Coach Smart, and all those guys reach out to him and say, "Hey, don't worry about it. You're good. You're still a priority to us." And obviously, Brian McClendon's come in and done the same thing. So, yeah, a huge, huge prospect. And somebody asked him um, at the Under Armour camp, like, why is why is Georgia not had a lot of success getting Buford guys? And he's like, I, I don't know. I think some of those guys, you know, they intend to go play out of state throughout their recruitment. And he, he actually noted that he, he used to be that way. He wanted to go play out of state. But now with the interest that Georgia's shown him, he's, you know, obviously a lot more open to, to staying home playing for the Bulldogs. Well, and that's not a that's not an uncommon thing either. Just for the state of uh, Georgia, there's uh, Trent mentioned the state of Alabama is so loaded with talent this year. Where well, I was talking to some prospects out of the state of Alabama, I'll I'll leave names out of it, but they said, "Man, a lot of us want to get outside of the state of Alabama." So that is actually a selling point for. Uh, Georgia to be able to, you know, say, you know, get away from home a little bit, uh, kind of, you know, spread your own wings, do, do that kind of deal. And uh, that's that's attractive to some of these these guys. But, you know, two big state of Alabama prospects coming in this weekend, as we've mentioned, with Tamari and Parker, the edge, and then also Tony Mitchell. You know, Trent, if, if you could just, you know, kind of dive in a little bit, what makes Tony Mitchell so special in this class is he's, he could end up being one, maybe the the top corner in the class for it. Everything's all said and done. Uh, I mean, he's just he, the type of corner that Alabama and Georgia want. They, he's he's physical. He uses his hands well. He's got length. Um, uh, you know, he, he can press. You know, I, I just I, I just love his I love his game. I, you know, he, he's one of the uh, you know three or four corners that you know that that I look at as as really the the cream of the crop. And, and you know, he, he's just that. He's that guy that that everybody wants on an island. Uh, he, you can put him on an island. You can trust in him on an island, and uh, you know he he can just uh, worry about the other side of the field. So uh, you know he's a big bigger guy too. Bigger yeah, yeah. bigger corner. 
So he kind of he kind of reminds me. Uh, I mean, more. He, he's not as tall as. Uh, um, God, my my mind slipping. Um, Keely Ringo. <laughs> what Keely well, Ringo? Even Keely Ringo. He's about. He's he's not as tall as Keely Ringo, but he's about. You know, the the thickness is there. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was I was uh, referring to the the kid from Miami that was here a few years ago. That, oh, uh, Tyson Campbell. God, there it is. But uh, but he's a little thicker than Tyson Campbell. But yeah, he, he's a kid you can put on an island, play physical, play press coverage. Just exactly what uh, he's to a T. What you know, uh, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban want in the corner. No doubt, no doubt, and also things that you have to look at before we start getting to our questions and stuff like that here and addressing deeper into uh, the Arch Manning situation and some, some different quarterbacks. Um, you know, Fran Brown, the new coach from, from Rutgers that is now coaching DBs uh, at, at Georgia, he's making a difference already, guys. I talked to, and I'm going to throw some uh, uh, film up there, but I just recently had talked to um, 2024 athlete wide receiver uh Tazir Denmark and he's a guy that um coach Brown has been recruiting uh a lot you know while he was at Rutgers and now that he's carried that's carried over to Georgia so you can see you know a guy that uh from that Philadelphia area over there can be utilized in in different ways but Trent that's already gonna uh start paying paying dividends for Georgia having a guy that has those connections in the in the northeast even though Georgia already had that that uh Philadelphia pipeline there with like Swift and Mark Webb and Tyke Smith uh this only uh helps out when you can you know reach out to guys like Tazir Denmark there is a ton of playmakers up there in the in the Maryland Pennsylvania area um that Georgia I mean yeah they had some success with you know getting Mark Webb and uh DeAndre Swift and those type of guys but uh you know, there's been a lot of top corners come through there, and it's not necessarily this year uh, in this sp- uh, specific class, but there's been a lot of guys come through that area, and 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 you know, having that connection up there uh, now is 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 big. And you know, Fran Brown's a guy who's you know been in a been in position to be a head coach and bringing that kind of knowledge to the defense. He kind of steps in and and uh, and you know can offer another opinion in that defensive room. You know, you, you lose Dan Lanning, who was a, a great mind in that defensive room, and now adding another great mind in that defensive room only helps. You know, it, there, there's a lot. It, it's full with Schumann and Muschamp and, and those guys, but, you know, bringing another guy in that, that of his, um, I guess, stature, his, his knowledge uh, of the game uh, only helps that defense. For sure. And one thing I noticed with – a guy like a Tizier Denmark that we just show, showed, you know, you look at Dylan Bell, uh, who they signed this this past year, who was used in a multiple variety of different ways. Even a Donnie Mitchell, when he was in high school, was used in a, in a variety of different ways. They're looking for guys who are just Trayon Webb, who they've who they've recruited. Now it looks like he's probably trending elsewhere. You know, Florida, South Carolina, very strong in that that recruitment. But guys that just have ability to create in space. That's the, that's the phrase that when I ask them, what's the message to these recruits? They say Kirby smart tells them he wants to get the ball to him in space and let him create. And that's whether that's KJ Bolden, whether that's a Tizier Denmark, um, that seems to be the message. And Jed, you know, they've, they've been able to secure some of those guys. Like I said, a, a Dylan bell in this class who played uh, quarterback running back and receiver for, for his high school, um, you know, throughout his time there. So it seems like they're they're really going after that versatility when it comes to the playmakers. Yeah, I mean, look at the tight ends, too. I mean, Pierce Sperlin is uh, a receiver trapped in a tight end's body. I mean, Lawson Lucky, Darnell Washington, Brock, Brock Bowers, Oscar Telp. I mean, those guys, versatility, it, it's becoming more and more prevalent, it feels like, um, on the offensive side of the ball, but I guess specifically in those pass-catching roles. And like I said, Dylan Bell and – and Oscar Delp and all those guys, you can line them up all over the place. They can run a variety of routes, uh, tight end wise. They can block as well. So definitely something that um, Kirby Smart and the staff have really started looking for over the past, really over the past, it seems like, you know, two or three years. No doubt. No doubt. And uh, so we'll be, we'll be touching on all of those guys that are showing up this weekend. Um, of course, we're going to delve into the questions here in just a second that, are going to center around, you know, some quarterback things and stuff like that. But speaking of quarterbacks, I did want to mention, as I've already uh, touched on earlier, Juju Lewis 
class of 2026 quarterback that's going to be, you know, by all accounts and all estimations, a generational type talent. He's going to be in Athens tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, as this as this drops uh, on the podcast version. So if you're listening to it on the podcast version afterwards, he'll be in town on Tuesday, the 15th. And then in class of 2025, Antoine Hill that we have a piece on uh, on UGA Sports out of uh, Houston County. Uh, where Jake Jake Fromm played high school ball, he will be. He started as a freshman last year at Houston County. He's been. Uh, he has an offer from Georgia. He's been texting with Todd Munkin every week, and also uh, assistant offensive line coach Eddie Gordon. So there's a relationship there. That's class of 2025. As I said, class of 2024. Danny O'Neill from Indianapolis uh, was in town today. So guys, the quarterback. You know, that's 20, 24, 25, and 26. There's all guys visiting this week. And also I uh, got word that maybe Prentice Nolan uh, from Langston Hughes, a left-handed quarterback uh, in state, um, could be coming into town this weekend as well. And, man, I mean, drop that on the vault. So, see a little, little breaking news here on the UGA, UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. But uh, without further ado, guys, let's go ahead and – get into some of these questions here. Didn't have a ton of questions this week, but we'll hop into them, maybe get a little more depth to them. Did uh, your your guy from Pennsylvania here, we got to read him first. Pennsylvania guy, my family roots. Manning was in Athens for the South Carolina game last year. I'm assuming he's talking about Arch. Uh, however, when, when do you anticipate he makes an official visit before his announcement in the fall? Okay, so one thing I do know, Trent, and, and I want everybody to understand – there is finite amounts of information about about the Mannings, and that's by design, right? That they that they put out there. But one thing we do know about the Manning family is they value the college experience. It's not going to be the you know more modern style of, of recruitment and things like that. Um, and we'll get into a situation that is mind blowing, in my opinion, out there in terms of uh, quarterbacks and NIL and all that in just a little bit. But I think that. Because of that, he's going to take all these official visits, Trent. I don't think he's going to just take one official visit to a place and be done with. I think Georgia, Texas, Alabama, heck, even Old Miss with the ties there could get an official out of Arch Manning just for the experience of the the, the college college experience there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and I think, you know, he, he's a – like we, we, we've discussed over and over and over, that they're going to do their homework. They, 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 they're, they're smart about this. It's not going to be – one coach makes a difference in this whole thing. They're going to take their visits. Uh, they're going to, you know, come in, evaluate the academic side. They're going to evaluate the coach's side. They're going to evaluate how he's going to be used in the offense. They're going to go full blown on this thing. And I think, uh, you know, Georgia Tech, Texas, Alabama, like you mentioned, Ole Miss, probably one other uh, that probably take all five official visits. And um, the timeline on his official visits, so, you know, it is – really up in the air i I don't really know when he plans but i I do know taking an unofficial visit this weekend to athens is is good news uh uh, getting unofficial then getting another uh official i guess probably uh in the summer at some point if he plans on making a decision closer to uh football season uh i would assume those officials would happen uh june sometime around there but um we'll wait and see but like I said, they're going to do their homework. They're probably going to take, you know, four or five official visits and uh, and then go from there. So, uh, you know, Georgia's every bit uh, in this thing. Uh, they've been in it from the beginning. Uh, they're, they're still in it, and that's good news. That's all you can ask for, and I think he's down to really three or four schools that he's uh, evaluating closer. Yeah, and we when I talked to Coach uh, Nelson Stewart, the head coach at Isidore Newman, his, his school that he plays at, Arches, um, he he said that you know there will be visits taking multiple visits back to these schools because they're going to do their due diligence as you said uh, so as, you know he's going to be in Georgia this weekend I expect him to be back at Georgia at least one more time after that a, a, an official visit and who knows uh, they, this thing could carry all the way into the fall and he could come back for a game I mean you, you never know uh, how this is how this is going to turn out but there will be uh, no stone left unturned so to speak and Jed, I guess it's worth mentioning this show is called Rumors versus Facts, and we did mention that there's a big uh, quarterback domino that's about to to fall. It's been widely uh, widely speculated that uh, you know 
Nico uh, I'm Oliva could end up at, at the University of Tennessee uh, sooner rather than later. Had it, uh, our guy Adam Gorney, um, director, national director of recruiting for Rivals, uh, mentioned that he was you know blown away by that visit. That that there was he even snuck the line that there was some some NIL implications you know that could be considered. And then uh, the athletic comes out with a report that a class of 2023 five star uh, recruit has signed a, a contract to get. Three hundred fifty thousand up front and eight million over four, over four years, two million a year. Um, if that is Nico, I'm leaving. He goes to Tennessee. One, I think that automatically puts more pressure on. Okay, Nico's off the board. We got you know people who need a quarterback got to get uh, Arch Manning. Are they going to start looking at Marcel Reed, who was Tennessee's looking at? Uh, Dylan Lonergan, where do all these pieces start to fit in after that? So the domino is going to fall, but $8 million, guys, I think we do have to talk about that real quick to see what that's going to be like. The, the McDonald's bags have definitely upgraded. So <laughs> It's funny because, like, I, I don't think I saw this on Twitter. Like, if you really put the pieces together, it's like, okay, that kind of money, one, is probably coming from an SEC school more than likely. That's, it's like, you know, Ohio State or Clemson, something like that. Two, that kind of money is probably going to a quarterback. So then you look at the list of 2023 five-star quarterbacks. There's Arch, there's Nico, and then, you, you know, some places have Dante Moore. Um, oh gosh, I'm missing somebody, I think. Point point is, like, if you really read between the lines, like you said, Blaine, it kind of really sort of points towards uh, Mr. Nico there. But it's interesting because something we've talked about is these schools, you know, say – whoever gets Nico is out of the race for arch. Basically it kind of seems like, so his commitment would be telling Tennessee yeah. hasn't really been in the arch Manning sweepstakes as much as at least in some of these other schools. So the race will only heat up that much more once Georgia and Alabama, Texas, Ole Miss, you know, these other schools, they're still in it for arch. It's only going to get that much more competitive as, as basically it's still four or five schools fighting instead of, you know, the, the number dropping by one. Yeah, and and these collectives are the thing that that where this money's coming from, right? Uh, Tennessee's got a collective. Georgia has started a, a classic classic city collective now. The Florida Gator Collective may be the most successful one out there. Um, you know, already having raised upwards of five million dollars uh, since they've since they've started and and being able to pull resources with successful businessmen with successful you know with lawyers all this kind of stuff that are kind of leading this front uh that that's what these collectives are about and they're here to stay so as i as i said before we move on from the arch mandel he's going to enjoy the college experience and they value the college experience and they're not hurting for money but also understand that the manning family is not going to uh turn up, turn their nose up at, at money. I mean, because you look at what Peyton Manning did when he won the, his last Super Bowl, right? He mentioned Budweiser like three times in the interview with the lady. And I think the stock, you know, jumped up like 5%, 5 or 6% after that in the, in the, in the uh, Super Bowl press conference that he had. And he mentioned it later on in an interview with like Jimmy Fallon or something. So they're business savvy. They're, they're a family that knows what's going on. So, I expect I don't I don't know if that'll be the over uh, overwhelming factor in it, uh, but guys like presumably Nico I'm a trend. It's going to be it's it's going to be a determining factor uh, at least to a certain point with these guys going forward. Yeah, definitely. But the the thing with Manning is it doesn't matter where he goes. Manning's going to get paid. His it, oh, yeah. just just by his name. Uh, he he's going to uh, draw in nil. Now with with Nico, he's he's you know, and this is where I think things are getting a little, um, I guess, iffy with the nil whole deal is uh, buying recruits. I mean, that's basically what this has turned into, and uh, and and we've talked about it on the show a couple of times. I, I think so, at some point, uh, and I and I'm okay with the whole nil situation, but at some point, it's going you're going to have to do something about the buying the recruits thing uh, because uh, you know, that not everybody's got $8 million stashed away to say, Hey, I'm going to pay you uh, $8 million over four years. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's going to, it's going to get crazy. And I think, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin and several others have been uh, against, you know, buying the recruits. And I think you've seen uh, the, the whole Texas A&M 
ordeal this year. And this is where the level, the, the playing field is going to level. If this continues, uh, I guess it, uh, it very well could level the playing field at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's going to be – I think it's going to bring parity to a certain point in terms of just thinning out recruitment at the very, very top just enough to where there's going to be a different fly-in-the-ointment type team every year like Michigan was uh, this year. You know, not somebody that's going to knock people like Alabama and Georgia off of the pedestal, right, but just to have a a, a more – consistent more realistic chance to have a seat at the table so to speak i think that's what you're going to see out of some of these guys all right especially, next question especially oh, the quarterback position i mean land, oh, land yeah. you, you've seen what you can do if you land a dynamic quarterback and we've seen what tennessee's offense is capable of you land a guy like nico in this class is he's got playmakers around him tennessee's got an opportunity you know <laughs> they're terrible on defense they got to get better on defense for sure but uh you know that that's a that, that is somebody that can threaten Georgia, you know, immediately just, just from, you know, buying a quarterback. So well, you, you see what uh, I think in my opinion, you know, we're not, this is a show about recruiting. It's not necessarily about what's coming up, but you talk about a guy like Hendon hooker, who's coming back for Tennessee, you know, Tennessee was, was in a dog fight of a ball game in the fourth quarter with Alabama last year at Tuscaloosa. Um, and like you said, they just didn't have the, the chops on defense just to get enough stops to, to make it make it worth their time and help out that offense. But definitely that's uh, that's that's something. And if Tennessee is able to to pull out that kind of deal through a collective or through the, the NIL resources that are coming out up there, that would be a huge, huge victory for the volunteers for sure. Uh, Jed, we got our next question here from Mr. Pine Tree. From Pine, did uh, Jamila Dye's departure hurt for uh... – 2023 quarterback cornerback Cormani McLean. I don't think so. I mean, I I I think that I think that he, that he was probably starting to build a little bit of a rapport, but I wouldn't read too much into that. I think uh, I think the good portion of this work uh, in the last class and also towards this class has been done by um, Will Muschamp, Kirby Smart. You know those kind of guys. Do you, what's what's your guys' opinion on on the DB recruiting and especially Cormani McLean? Yeah, he seemed he seemed like he had a very big like very visited in January, kind of like out of nowhere, and then the 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 buzz. You know, I believe it was Adam Gorney talked to him after that, and the buzz was like, "Oh man, Georgia might have gotten on the level with Alabama and Florida and USC," and then it, it kind of died out. So it seems like a case where he came on a visit, had a a post visit high, and then it's kind of things have uh, returned back to status quo after that. So a dive departure didn't help, I guess. Um, but is that the reason Georgia's behind some of his other schools? No, I don't think so. Not by itself, anyway. And Trent, he was in the, he was in Nick Saban's office uh, last week, I believe. Uh, Andrew Bone read over uh, on the Alabama rival site was talking about how, you know, in very glowing terms of um, Cormani and, and Alabama, but – those same glowing terms were being thrown around, as Jed said, once he, you know, went on a visit to Georgia. So I think it's similar to how Walter Nolan was a little bit last year. I think there's some uh, some visit highs going on, as Jed said. No doubt, and you're going to see that this time of year because you know it, it, there's going to be there's going to be visits, and you know there's going there's going to be, I guess you, they're going to come away from it, and they're going especially to media, they're going to rave about the visit. They're going to rave about the facility, especially top-rated recruits, because they're going to get the red carpet. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down, you know, the top four, three or four, four or five schools that you have the best relationships with. And, uh, you know, I I think Georgia will have to get them back on campus. And, and again, things could shift again. Uh, this would be one that, uh, that goes all the way to uh, probably early signing day. And if it commits before then uh, – I could still see it going to early signing day. So, um, yeah, it, it'd be one of those things where he just, uh, he, he seems like a guy who can be easily persuaded and might come down to that last visit. Yeah. And in terms of just in general, when it comes to Georgia recruiting, obviously Kirby Smart, it's important that the, the coaches that he brings on under underneath him, you have to be able to recruit and things of that nature. But, when you talk about the kind of, I guess, synergy would be the key word to that that staff now with uh, a Mike Bobo, who Kirby Smart is, you know, literally best friends with, and you've got Will Muschamp that that you know played it played at Georgia, Brian McClendon back on staff, Stacy Searles, who's been there. I think this is 
and yeah, you know, Todd Hartley, Georgia's alma mater. I think Trent, you can correct me if I'm wrong. This has to be probably the most comfortable that Kirby Smart has been with the with a with the staff. And and to that point, I would say if any if any ground was lost because of a coach going out, I don't think it'll be take long for it to be regained with the type of group effort that this staff is going to put together going forward in the class of 2023. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and you got to think uh, Georgia might be behind the eight ball a little bit coming into uh, this visit season strictly because they did have a lot of changes on their coaching staff, but that can be quickly corrected. Like you said, with, with just the, you know, the, the staff that's in place, the trust that's in place and, and, get these kids on campus and, and be able to see, you know, the, the staff at work now. And I don't think much, much ground is going to be lost. Uh, you know, it, it might seem like it now because these kids haven't been able to get on campus and meet the coach staff, but I don't, I don't expect any ground to be lost on the recruiting trail with the, with the recruit, with the recruiting staff they got on campus now. I mean, we saw, we saw Bobo out at, uh, Bobo was able to be at the Under Armour camp a couple weeks ago and cause his son was there and, uh, he got a firsthand look at a lot of these top quarterbacks, but you know, ha- having having Bobo as a, I, I know a lot of people are not fans of Bobo uh, in at Georgia because they're you know third and Bobo all that stuff, but having him as an analyst uh, just to help with the quarterbacks, you know, Munkin's not a quarterback guy. Uh, him and Buster uh, Faulkner being in there to work with quarterbacks, I mean, that is that's a big deal, and just having that experience being able to bring recruits on campus, having that experience of having, Hey, I got Munkin as the offense coordinator. Then I got two quarterback gurus that can really help me develop my game that are not even coaches on the staff. They're just helping me in my everyday, you know, work. And and that's just, that's, that's a big, it's a big deal. And, and, and you kind of touched on it too, with some of that stuff. But when you talked about two positions, when you talk about wide receiver and DB, when you got Todd Munkin on your staff, your wide receivers are going to end up being fine no matter who the wide receivers coach is because Todd Munkin knows how to coach wide receivers. And then the same thing with with uh, Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart at DBs. It doesn't matter who the d- defensive back coach is, and I think Fran Brown was a terrific hire by Georgia, but it doesn't matter who the DB coach is because when you got Will Muschamp and you got Kirby Smart, uh, that that's that's where the majority of that recruiting is going to come. A, a question from YouTube that I wanted to, to throw up, um, just to – uh, hypothetical here if georgia were not to get arch manning who should we being georgia chase that's from the sacred grove sacred grove we appreciate you tuning in um some names that that you got to throw out there is i know uh been in contact with the uh dylan lonegren's camp the quarterback at, at brookwood he's he's you know going through baseball right now and they're you know there's a high probability that he's going to get drafted really high uh, in, in in baseball, and that'll give him a decision to have to think about. But he's a guy who's been adamant about he loves football, and he 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 has always has wanted the opportunity to play college football. Georgia brought him in for the national championship parade and celebration. Jed and Trent, the guys that I saw being brought in for that, whether it's Jamal Jarrett, whether it's uh, Justice Haynes, that. That date was much like this March 19th day. That date was circled for high priority guys to come in there and see Georgia celebrate a national championship. So I think Dylan Lonegren could be a guy that Georgia really turns the heat up on if they don't uh, get Arch Manning. For sure. For sure. Look at him. There's Marcel Reed out of Nashville. Um, I believe. And especially if Nico I'm I'm Oliva goes to Tennessee, right? Uh, Because. The Tennessee was is high on Marcel Reed as well. Christopher Vizina out of Alabama's twenty. He's twenty three, right? Not 24. yeah. Um, yeah, he's twenty three. Yeah, so there's there's guys like that that um, you know, a maybe aren't rated as as highly at the moment. Or there's also Dante Moore. Georgia's been in contact with Dante Moore um, up out of Detroit too. So a lot of different options. Georgia's definitely going to look to bring in a quarterback in this class. It's just a matter of you know, is it the quarterback that, that everyone's had circled or is it one of these other guys? I think here, here is the thing you, you, you brought in two five-star quarterbacks. Well, I guess Gunner failed a four-star, but you, you brought in two highly touted quarterbacks in back-to-back classes. It, it would be great to, to bring in a five-star quarterback in this class and, you know, load that, load that quarterback room, but it's, it's not necessarily a necessity to bring in a five-star quarterback with what's coming in the 24 and 25 classes as well. So, uh, I mean, I, I think 
Georgia will, will go after one for sure. But, uh, you know, if they was to lose out on Arch, if they was to lose out, it's not a necessity that they bring in a top-rated guy. They can bring in a uh, a guy that they, you know, has a high ceiling or, you know, that they think might uh, that develop well over the years. But it's not a necessity that they bring in, you know, a top guy in this class with what's coming in the 24 and 25 class and what they have on campus. Yeah, and when you're talking about the 2024 20, uh, class, Dylan Raiola is someone that Georgia's all over, Trent. I mean, he's a guy that a lot of people even, uh, and I would throw myself in this in this category, I think Dylan Raiola is a better prospect than our, our Arch Manning. I just think he does some things that human beings, uh, most human beings, God doesn't make to do. Uh, Dylan Raiola can, can, uh, can do those type of things, and Georgia is – I mean, all in it with nothing but the feet hanging out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. that's 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 where they are in this this re- this recruitment. So, um, and he's a guy that is going to be, you know, right up there as number one prospect in the country type deal before it's said and done. So, to your point, I think there's a lot uh, a lot yet to be decided when it comes to to that. Um, Jed, we got another question from Pine Tree here. Pine Tree, a lot of rumors, misinformation, and conspiracy believers slash deniers out there regarding NIL. How much are some of our opponents relying on NIL, and is the hype overblown? Well, uh, I think, Trent, you can speak to this, but definitely it is, you know, it's not not anything you want to make the backbone or something that's your sole pitch, but it's a good piece of the puzzle to have now. Yeah, and I, I definitely think for these these schools that are are more in the rebuilding phase, you know, Georgia and Alabama kind of have a kind of uh, an established ground, I guess I'd say, with uh, with recruiting. But these guys that are that are looking up to Georgia and Alabama, the Florida, the Tennessee, Texas A and M, I think it's going to be a big deal because they're trying to get on an even playing field with the big dogs, and that this is one way to do it. So I think you're going to see you're going to see more and more of 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 this nil come up because uh, if you if you can't recruit with them and you can't play with them, you got to find a way too. And that and they've opened up this avenue to uh, to do just so, just to do that. So, Jed, you know, you and I, Trent, we we all talk to people who are in recruiting, not just in terms of. Uh, like sources with programs, but also people who are directly involved in in helping advise and train these these you know student athletes. And I don't know about you, but I keep hearing over and over again how strong Florida, Auburn, Tennessee, uh, in particular, are utilizing these collectives and utilizing the the opportunities that. Uh, alumni can afford to certain young men. Of course, we know the story with Texas A and M, but it's going to. Uh, I mean, it, it's going to change the the game, in my opinion, on how some of these fringe guys who might have uh, in the past just said, "Hey, I'm going to X program because I want to win a national championship because I can't get paid anything, you know, legally at least uh, uh, during during my college years." Now it gives them a little something to think about. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how this develops with Georgia over the next couple of years because Kirby Smart has said his his uh, his catchphrases, you know, there's a lot more zeros on NFL checks than NIL checks, and we, we focus on development and all that kind of stuff. So it seems like NIL is sort of a, a like you said, a piece of the puzzle now. And it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of years, depending on how all this shakes out, if, if you know, Kirby and Nick Saban stick to those pitches, do they make it a bigger part and just say, or really just say, you know what, the guys that are focused on NIL first, those aren't the guys we want in our program anyway. So it's going to be really interesting to see how much, not necessarily their NIL pitch evolves, but how much it grows. Like, do they emphasize it more and more as, you know, there's more legislation, regulation, um, the effect it has, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be very interesting to see how long, how Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, um, you know, start to develop those pitches over the next year or two. I was talking, and it's also dependent on you know these young men, and and I think you're going to have to do more background into who's surrounding them, right? Mm-hmm. Because I was I was talking to a uh, a very 
trusted advisor of a very high profile um, recruit here recently and uh, asking his perspective on NIL. And he said, you know, when it comes down to it, do you want uh, an $8 million deal or do you want a $150 million deal when it, when it comes to, so some of these guys are going to, you know, bet on themselves and do certain things in certain ways. And, and there's going to be mistakes made. There's going to be mistakes made by kids. There's going to be mistakes made by collectives. There's going to be mistakes made by people who are advising these kids. And, and uh, those are going to be tragic and they'll probably cost uh, some, some kids and some programs, a, a lot of, a lot of heartache. Uh, but, but that's just going to be part of it as this goes forward. And, and we'll see uh, for, you know, all the Georgia fans watching sake, you, you know, to hope that uh, Georgia doesn't, um, you know, fall fall victim to that. But there's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of hard decisions that have to be made out there. Uh, Trent, I know, you know, down when it comes down to it, that uh, you know Georgia was in things more so than people thought with Travis Hunter right to the end. But the NIL and uh, and a lot of that, you know, Georgia, there were certain things that that uh, Georgia's, uh, I guess, NIL force wasn't uh wasn't willing to to try to go out and match with the guys from barstool and things like that where he ended up with uh jackson state so we'll you know who knows how, how things turn out differently if if it's not in the era of nil with a guy like travis hunter yeah i definitely i, I think you, you're gonna see uh and, and this draft i think is big for georgia and and you know the the times and stuff that they put up in the this past uh, NFL combine and stuff. Uh, you know, Kirby, Kirby talking about there's a lot more zeros in NFL contract. He's absolutely true. And, and especially if you can back it up with, hey, I put five guys in the first round. Look at this. That, that's Maybe six. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, that's going to that's gonna hit home a lot faster. Or, you know, you know, I put seven or however many in, in, the, in the first two rounds. That being able to back it up like that, like, you know, Georgia waited so long to be able to back up the – Hey, we can come here and win a national championship. Now you can back that up. Now all he needed was being able to legit put guys in the first and second round on a uh, every year basis. And I think he is in the right direction to do that. So I think those numbers itself are going to be able to back up. Uh, you know, Alabama has that and uh, being able to keep Georgia and Alabama recruiting the way they are. Um, and I, and I don't, you know, if things change, I, I think, you know, both of them, Saban and Smart, could adapt. It just depends on where this nil, uh, you know, heads. If anything's ever ever put like a halt to being able to buy recruits and stuff, but I think Alabama and, and Georgia is going to, you know, remain on a uh, keep doing what they're doing, and uh, nil will be a part of their process, but it's not going to be the main part of the process. And for the the kind of last question and the the real tough question here, Jed, uh, we got got a got a big one to end here. Yeah, when will we Georgia get our next commitment, and who will it be? And I, uh, you know, for the longest time, we we all uh, full disclosure, we had a commitment article written up <laughs> for Joe uh, Jonel Aguero. Thought that you know that was about to go down, and and uh, you know had had information that Georgia felt really good about that. But when you talk about um, LSU uh, has made a strong surge uh, for Janelle Aguirre, and I think they're right there in the mix with Alabama now. So that's, that's one that, that, uh, you know, maybe not as, not as certain about anymore there, but um, a guy that I would say is uh, in the class of 2023, uh, Tamar and Parker is a guy that I think could really, Really, be it's it's Alabama and Georgia neck and neck right now. But Georgia gets him on campus this weekend, and who knows a strong strong visit uh, that could end up being you know something to help push him towards towards doing that. Uh, King King Joseph Edwards in the class of twenty twenty four might not be a guy too far off either. Um, is there any other guys that y'all think of that you know could be could be strong or leaning towards uh, uh, you know Georgia sooner rather than later? Mm. You kind of stole my thunder with King Joseph Edwards there because that kid loves Georgia more than more than anything. It seems like, um, oh, man. I, mean, I would think I would think Madden Sinker is a guy that, to, to keep an eye on, yeah. just because just because uh, North Carolina, you know, was heavily involved in his recruitment, and Stacey Searles 
who was doing the recruiting there come now comes to Georgia and he's also, you know, visited Georgia several times in in-state school, South Paulding guy. Now they're recruiting his, you know, his, uh, his running back buddy there. So uh, that could end up being a, a guy to, to keep an eye on. Uh, but I, I, other than that, I think this class of 2023 Trent has um, a ways to go in terms of, uh, nailing down some guys, and I think it's going to be more into the summer, uh, late summer, early fall before you see some of these commitments popping off. Yeah, I think you can see a big, you know, June, July, August, somewhere in there. But uh, yeah, you mentioned Madden Sanker, you know, you got uh, you got several Parker, um, you know, Justice Haynes that you feel good about uh, going into the you know the spring summer months, but. Uh, there's been no indication as far as them, you know, popping off just yet. I think they're going to all, you know, take visits this, this spring and then into the summer. And I think you could start seeing some, uh, some commits hit, you know, June, July, and maybe even before that, but I think, I think it'll be June and July will be the big months. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, that's all the questions we had from the, the vault this week. Um, I know Jed and I will be heading up to Charlotte for Rivals Camp this uh, this Sunday. So we'll be uh, having, you know, we'll bring you all the information from that. Still got a couple pieces that are coming out from uh, some of the coverage down at the Rivals Camp down in Miami. I had an interview with uh, Santana Fleming that will be uh, put out in the next, next day or so. And um, even talking to some of the guys who have visited – uh, on uh, here on Monday and Tuesday, uh, quarterback Danny O'Neill, as I mentioned from Indianapolis, will have a, a report coming out with him. So that's uh, all the reason to be a subscriber to UGASports.com, be a part of the vault community, be a part of uh, the, the the legendary dog event. Um, you know, you could have got the news on uh, on uh, Mike White and everything with the, the Georgia basketball program. Uh, we we're even talking about um, as baseball season gets cranked up here. Uh, doing some some uh, preview content to some SEC series and things like that here on the YouTube channel and, and also basketball uh, content when that season rolls back around as well. So we're going to expand the palette a little bit uh, here, uh, Jed and Trent, here on the YouTube channel. So make sure you're subscribed on here. We'd really appreciate that. Throw us a thumbs up, uh, and then you can also catch everything over at UGASports.com. Anything before we uh, sign off, guys, anything coming up that, that we need to – Need to hit before we before we let these people out of here. Yeah, I mean spring practice starts tomorrow, so we'll. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. That is a that is a we'll, uh, key piece of information. Yeah, there, I have everything. Uh, everything. Uh, you know, Kirby's got a press conference at uh, I believe noon tomorrow. There's also pro days Wednesday, so uh, we'll be able to to the new basketball coaches guys. talking tomorrow. I think right. Yeah, so all kind of stuff uh, coming over the next few days. So, like Blaine said, if you're not a member of the of UJSports.com, now's the time. No doubt, no doubt. So. That is this episode of UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts, guys. For Trent Smallwood and Jed May, I am Blaine Gilmer, and we will catch you next week on Rumors versus Facts.